Hello again and welcome to I've Got a Beatles podcast with Dave and Chris. And I'm just so pumped up from that beginning there. Because, yeah. Because I heard something that you almost never hear. In fact, you only that's the only time it happens in a Beatles song. And, of course, that's Ringo's drum solo. Yeah, we're going to talk about R- Ringo. <laughs> for, I, I know everybody's been clamoring for more Ringo. Yeah. Uh, but... but uh, this has been a great week of listening and concentrating on Ringo's drums. Yeah, it's something that kind of goes under the radar because, you know, everybody knows about John and Paul and everything they did. And George uh, has great, is obviously a great songwriter and guitar player. And it's always just John, Paul, George, oh, and then Ringo. And he's, yeah. he's just the lucky guy, you know, he just happened to be there. He doesn't, he's not really flashy, you know. It doesn't get a lot of credit, but as you said, just going back and listening to the Beatles catalog this week has really uh, given me certainly a greater appreciation for Ringo and what he brought to the group. Uh, Absolutely. There's some things that were uh, pointed out uh, when I was reading some things that I didn't notice, like uh, in in No Reply, the... uh the the different changes he does uh during that song and a couple things like that that just were uh outstanding and it was just uh it was great to listen to it i i had been listening to this uh podcast called topics where they're intentionally trying to be funny so they were they were doing this on purpose but they kept saying like you know john paul george and the drummer <laughs> 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 so and you know that's how we treat i mean everybody sort of treats ringo sort of like eh, yeah. you know he's just the old snl sketch had uh, oh i'm just happy to be here yeah right, you right. Know, and that kind of thing yeah. but um you know his contributions are uh immense and uh very important not just in the Beatles, but after the Beatles, we'll play a few examples of some things he played after the Beatles that were just terrific. So uh, I'm looking forward to playing, digging into this list here. Definitely. And before we get into some of the, the we each of us chose our top Ringo drumming tracks. And as usual, I don't know what Chris picked <laughs> <laughs> because uh, he he uh, cues up all the. Uh, recordings to as we listen to our podcast here and so i i never know what he's picking so it's pretty exciting and i'm going to be with you uh as we listen together uh but i like to start out before we even get to hear anything more thinking about a couple things with ringo and just drummers in general yeah Uh, what what do you you know you you've obviously got a musical background too and have played in bands what do you look for in a drummer and what do you think makes a good drummer and think about uh you could give some examples of contemporaries of Ringo not somebody nowadays but you know s- someone from like Keith Moon or some of his contemporaries how he compares or how you what what you think the role of the drummer should be it's it's funny because in a band uh a lot of times the drummer is or at least thought of maybe it's because of guys like Keith Moon and John Bonham and people like that as this sort of wilder person uh in the beatles it seems like that wasn't necessarily the case um also drummers tend to get a reputation as being i i think uh, unfair very unfairly in many cases being sort of dumber or the yeah. not 
not better musician, like, oh, you just play drums, you're not a great musician. Well, um, I, you know, I, I've always taken offense at that. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, what I look for in drummers, what I really like is uh, uh, steadiness, obviously. <laughs> Uh, uh, when when I'm playing and what what somebody's gonna not you know that was the problem with Pete Best he just couldn't he yeah. just couldn't stay consistent with uh, his tempo and uh, the other thing I always really admire in not just in drumming but in all music is uh, dynamics mm, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll get some great examples of how. Uh, and and we, you don't really think of Ringo as a super dynamic drummer, but we'll get some examples of him playing, a you know really loud songs when, and, and and you know just doing them perfectly, but then also putting putting things in some of the softer pieces that that are subtle and and you don't really even notice unless you're really listening to them. That's really well said. I I think the same way and i'm thinking of some of the bands that i've been in and uh, probably one of my favorite drummers was a guy who played like ringo actually he was not flashy but he was rock solid and you you knew he was going to be there he wasn't going to jump in early or rush the beat or anything he just had a really rock solid sense of time and that for a guitar player or a songwriter or singer that almost matters more than just having some guy who can you know hammer away at the the skins and just flash and i mean i personally i i find drum solos pretty boring and when they yeah. do yeah like the, especially the ones that go Moby on Dick for, is always a skipper yeah <laughs> right <laughs> yeah or like yeah <laughs> and you know i'm a huge grateful dead fan but they had a a thing in every concert uh, where it would be, it was called drums in space, and it was kind of a break for the guitar players and singers, and so the the two drummers, they had two drummers, would just go at it, and and it it was cool for a while, but after about ten minutes, sort of like, all right, well, let's let's. It get was the- a bathroom break. <laughs> yeah, for was, Dave. that's what it was. I know <laughs> it was totally a bathroom break. So, I like guys who can, you know, be honest to the song and contribute in lots of ways. You know, another drummer I think who's kind of similar to Ringo is the guy for uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival, Doug Clifford, who's yeah. another kind of rock solid guy who's not flashy but tasteful. And that's something you mentioned, Pete Best. It's something when you listen to the anthology or some of the early bootlegs and things that the recordings with Pete Best. He just doesn't have the subtlety or the steadiness that Ringo would have. So uh, yeah. it's, it's pretty clear why he got the job. So uh, that's that's kind of the, the launching pad here for our discussion. And uh, I guess we can dig in here if you want to. Stay- yeah, let's, well, we, we were talking just then about Pete Best, so why not play uh, one uh, from the early, you know, oh, yeah. to show the difference uh, Ringo could do in those early days. And I really think it's underrated how uh, much uh, Ringo set the tone for these early songs and how he sort of gave all of these early songs so much energy with his, his playing. And uh, one of the uh, quintessential examples of this is Please Please Me. So let's hear a little bit of Please Please Me and then we'll talk about it. Wow. 
Yeah, that that's a great example of that early energy. I mean, of course, the song is very peppy and energetic and with everything else, but it's that beat, that thing that goes through that very 50s sound of rock rock drumming and little tasteful fills here and there. Oh, absolutely. And and you don't you're, you're like when you really really listen to it, you're like, "Oh, he's getting his stuff in." Yeah, you know, <laughs> in the spaces, in the spaces, he's just filling them in, uh, just like you'd want him to. So uh, yeah. that's a great early example, I thought, of uh, 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 some deft Ringo <laughs> drumming. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'll follow up on that one with another early song from 1964, the big single "I Feel Fine," which, of course, is famous for lots of other reasons for the introduction, but. Uh, as you listen, I want you to focus on the, how he goes back and forth between the verse and the chorus, and just it's uh, really subtle stuff here. Yes, what do you think yeah. of I Feel Fine's drumming? Uh, that that uh, sounded a lot like uh, No Reply to Me, where uh, they were doing, he's doing like one feel in one part of the song and then very easily switches to like a different, you know, feel. Yeah. Um, I just think, I think, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very, uh, again, pretty subtle, but, you know, if you think about it, if you watch a drummer nowadays, in a lot of groups they're surrounded looks like they're surrounded by you know an army of drums <laughs> but if you watch the the videos or look at some of the early performances of the Beatles Ringo's drum set's pretty primitive and he had a bass drum two toms there was a floor tom and another tom uh, a snare drum a crash cymbal a ride cymbal and a hi-hat I mean, yeah. it was very bare bones here and the amount of changes like in that song and and others to come it's pretty pretty uh, incredible well here's uh here's another pick from me and this is one from uh ringo's solo career now his solo career it's a little difficult to find you know and it really made me think about ringo's solo career mm. and and where where it's gone kind of off the rails and i He's hardly, you know, he's sort of a more of a showman now mm-hmm. than a drummer. But uh, in the at least the early solo career, there are some examples when he plays 
uh, of some some really uh, smart and interesting work. I think um, this is a, a song called "I'm the Greatest." What I'll do here is, I'll, uh, Dave, is I'll play this and then we'll talk about it. Uh, uh, I think it'll be an interesting uh, um, example of him playing what is needed for the song. When I was a little boy Way back home in Liverpool My mama told me I was great Then when I was a teenager I knew that I had got something going All my friends told me I was great Yeah, he's very deft at going back and forth between different types of beats and using accents, kind of uh, uh, accenting particular things that go on with the bass and the and the piano on that one, uh, like reinforcing what's going on. You know, a drummer generally when you write for percussion in classical music, a drummer or percussion can do two things you use it for two reasons one is to reinforce something that's going on in the music and another thing is for color or for a different type of sound and in in that song and a lot of the ones we're listening to he does both he reinforces and uses little subtle coloristic things yeah particularly towards the end of the song where they're sort of like on that roll of like doom 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 and he's just oh yeah you know doing a lot of this uh uh double double bass sort of kind of thing happening so it's a uh, i you know i thought that was a good example of that where it keeps it kind of simple i mean it's not like crazy complex playing but uh it really does what's needed for the song yeah very good choice now something that is a bit more complex uh comes a little bit uh, earlier in his career but right in the middle of the beatles here on the album Revolver, you have John Lennon experimenting with, uh, in music we call mixed meter or changing meter. So most rock music is in 4-4 common time where you can tap your foot really easily to it. But when you listen to the song She Said, She Said, you're going to find that you can't tap your foot normally because you're going to come up short a couple times because the meter, the time signature changes. So Okay, okay, I'm going to try it as we play. Okay, yeah, yeah, try it out here. Try this foot tapping. And, and listen to what Ringo does when things change up here. She said, she said. I said Put all those things in your head Things that make me feel that I'm right And you make she said you don't understand what I said I said no, 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 you're wrong When I was a boy Everything was right Everything was right I said 
How'd you do? Uh, not so good. <laughs> I, I didn't do good at the four four parts. <laughs> the really easy, the really easy stuff. I I blew that. So, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I, all the foot, all the foot stuff with drumming is what. If I ever tr- sat down at the drums and tried it, uh, it's the foot stuff that was my was my kryptonite. Yeah, I couldn't do that either with the bass drum. It was just not happening. You know? Yeah. But that, yeah, that one really stands out because of the, let's say, the changing meter. And also just the, he makes use of all the drums there. And that crash cymbal just is like explosive on that song. It just covers everything and a real peak of what's happening there. Uh, but John Lennon did that in a couple other songs where things change, like All You Need Is Love and Good Morning, Good Morning, and Ringo's right on it. Yeah. Let's play another mid-era song to follow that one up from R- Rubber Soul, and this one's a quieter tune, But uh, and, and you really don't think of it as a, a, a Ringo song, but once you, once you really pay attention to the Ringo in In My Life, you're, you're going to get a lot of... T- delicious treats so let's let's play a little in my life that we'll talk about it there are places i remember all my life though some have changed some forever not for better Some remain All these places Had their moments With lovers and friends I still can recall Some are dead And some are living In my life I've loved them all But of all these friends And lovers Boy, there's like three different types of beats going on in that song. Uh, it, it's all, you know, three different things happening there. Pretty sophisticated. Read a few things uh, written by drummers. And that was a, a song that they pointed out of like, Ugh, sit sit and try to play that. And you're like, oh, yeah, this will be real easy. And, <laughs> and then it's uh, not so easy. So, um, yeah. yeah, I thought that's a really good example, too, of just him. He's not doing too much, but if you listen to it, it's complicated. It's yeah. not, it's not, uh, you know, it's not getting in the way. It's, it's, it's uh, very serviceable to the song, but yeah, it makes, I mean, that's one of the best Beatles songs or any type of song. So yeah. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, you, that's an interesting thing to point out too about sometimes drummers can just overwhelm a song because they're so busy. And yeah. they're constantly filling and in the way. But as I as I said before, I think a, the mark of a good drummer is someone who enhances the song and builds interest in the song by with what they do instead of just overpowering it. And that that's a really good example of Ringo enhancing that song, which didn't need a lot of enhancing because it's a great song to begin with, but it makes <laughs> yeah. it even better. So Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, if you're if you're a 
really in the know on Ringo, you know that he was closest probably to George Harrison of his other bandmates, and they played together a lot. They played in concert together, they played on lots of recordings together, and so I wanted to highlight a couple of George songs in my list here where uh, Ringo makes some great contributions. And uh, it, what made me re-listen to this one was watching the concert for George when they performed While My Guitar Gently Weeps. And we'll uh, take a listen to the White Album version of that. Concert for George, which everyone has to watch if they haven't watched it. It's sung by uh, Eric Clapton and Paul McCartney are performing that, and and Eric just goes crazy on the guitar. But there's this moment where the camera pans on Ringo, and he's playing drums with like three other people, Jim Keltner and Ray Cooper, but it pans right on Ringo, and he does the most Ringo-esque fill ever. And it's just so classic when that comes in. It's like, this is the song. That's Ringo right there. And you heard it in, in that song. It's a, a classic fill, but really interesting stuff happening in that song. You know, it's one of the all-time great songs. I think that whole album just is li- I mean, though there are songs on that album he doesn't even play because <laughs> yeah. he was off uh, having a having a bit of a moment (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's a there was a little problem uh, yeah but there are a lot of great i mean why don't we do it in the road Uh, (laughs) helter skelter uh, your blues you know it's just filled with great ringo uh uh, drumming i think uh late in his in the beatles career uh it's just like it's hard not to find a good song on particular albums one such album is Abbey Road. Uh, and, uh, you know, we played the end to start the uh, show, and I thought we'd play the song that starts <laughs> that album. What I, uh, I was watching a special a few years back, and I'm going to play a little clip from it. Um, and it was Ringo Starr, and he <laughs> was being bizarrely interviewed by Dave Stewart from the Eurythmics. <laughs> Uh, in in something that, uh, on an HBO show called Off the Record. 
Um, and uh, they sat Ringo down at his kit at one point, and Dave was sort of playing guitar and, and going through a few different songs, and they started talking about Come Together, and particularly the famous pattern at the beginning of Come Together. And here's what he had to say about it. I'll play that clip, and then we'll go right into just a little bit of Come Together. But why we got to this is because, you see, I'm left-handed, and I'm playing a right-handed kit. If there's any drummers in here, see, they usually go, you know, they go round the drum this way. Well, I can't do that. See, I can't go, I have to get this hand down. So that's why everyone thought, wow, he's a genius, but all he's doing is trying to play backwards. <laughs> you know, so he goes, uh, so it comes down this way, and all my fills, which, you know, I have, you know, they don't come in fast. There's always a break because I have to get this hand ready. You <laughs> get back, you know what I'm saying? So it's like one of those mad accidents. You can't learn it. So I was left-handed. My grandmother didn't like that. She made me go right-handed. And so I have a right-handed kit, but actually I'm a left-handed player. Ah. I hope that answers all your questions. I think I would have lost it right there on that bass drum. Doom, 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 doom. I would have had some problems on that one, but that's a really helpful yeah. clip. And just as a side note, I have to say, as a left-hander myself, I completely agree with Ringo. Yeah. Some of the issues we have, but I will say that we tend to be much more creative and far better musicians than right-handed people. Ha ha ha. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Hey. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> I mean, case hey in point now. Ringo and Paul McCartney, right there. Come on, here. Uh, and Jimi Hendrix. I mean, the list goes on and on. But no, just kidding. Uh, but well, not really. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we. Oh, I digress. Oh boy. Yeah. But what 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 stands out to you so much about Come Together and and apart from what he talked about? Well, it is sort of just a, that it's so iconic of a song. What what you didn't hear him talk about, which he uh, talked about earlier in the clip, it's a it's a it's a special you can find on YouTube called if you do Ringo Starr Dave Stewart, I'm sure it'll it'll show up for you. Uh, he talks about how he just really listens to what 
is happening and it started as sort of a bass riff and John started doing that sort of shoop thing and he's like, what would fit with that? Something like this. And, and you know, I, I, I find him to be uh, very much someone who's, who's listening. Re- not, not, oh, I'm going to, I got a, hey, I got a riff. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to play this. <laughs> now you guys do something. You know, yeah. he's not like that at all. He's, no. he's like, oh, you guys are, oh yeah, that's cool. Well, let me try this. Yeah. It, yeah, like I, I think iconic is a nice way to put that because that's the first thing you hear. Yeah, he's just uh, that album. He's just, I yeah. mean, she came in through the bathroom window. I almost played. Yeah, it, that is just, you know, oh, <laughs> like, yeah. It's great. He's, oh, yeah. he's great on that one, too. So something recorded around the same time. I, I'll play the two George tracks back to back here uh, around the same time. And, you know, a lot of people on polls and surveys and things, they'll say that Get Back is one of Ringo's great songs, too. And I would agree. But a song that has a similar shuffle feel to it, at least in the verses, is Old Brown Shoe. And what's interesting is how it starts one way, and then in the bridge, in the middle section, it goes completely different. So let's hear uh, Old Brown Shoe. Just going back and forth between that shuffle and then in that bridge, just the rockin', propulsive kind of feel. Uh, and it just, yeah, back and forth. Keeps you interested as a listener. Because if you hear too much ride cymbal or you hear too much hi-hat or the same beat, you, you tune out. And it's not very interesting. But then a good drummer will know how to you know, change things up a little bit and make it more interesting. So that's that. those George songs, I think, are pretty good examples of that. Now we talked about this very recently. By the way, we were we were uh, you know how we always have uh, Dave read his list to me, and yeah. uh, you picked you picked a few more, and I did, I picked all different songs, and yeah. and, and uh, I just I just think that's a testament to how like how many great examples of uh, Ringo there is. Well, we played this recently, but and and I think I even mentioned then how how fantastic he is on this track. But it's not to be understated that, uh, you know, one of the greatest songs of all time, A Day in the Life, uh, is accentuated so much by Ringo. And when I was listening to it uh, just yesterday, I realized how he's what brings the different parts together hmm. in, in this song. So let's listen to A Day in the Life. He Didn't notice that the lights had changed 
He does two different things for the two different parts of the song, doesn't he? It's almost yeah. it's completely different. It's very sparse in that first part with some really classic fills. Uh, just, oh yeah, just classic. They're the kind of ones you air drum to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe that, we were doing a little of that. We were. We were. <laughs> Absolutely. And then yeah. that middle section, you know, it's a very different feel, and so the beat's very different. So, uh, very yeah, really interesting stuff that he does on that how, how do you follow a day in the life well uh i'll follow it with another solo song here not by ringo but a, an album that he played on yeah and i mentioned that he he and george were really good friends well for john's first solo at real solo album john lennon plastic ono band he had ringo as part of the band which was very small just john uh, Billy Preston on a couple songs, Klaus Vorman on bass, and Ringo on drums. And in the, the Rolling Stone interview that John did, uh, Jan Wenner asked him something about, well, why did you pick Ringo? And he says, because I, you know, I, Ringo, he knows yeah. what I want and knows that's that's exactly what I want. So uh, it, it, it was very fitting that Ringo would be on that album, which must have been tough. And that's obviously a tough album to listen to because of what john was going through at the time and especially on this song really tough to listen to but i'm sure uh, ringo was was very supportive and plays great on a song called well 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 Well, well, oh well, 
that's it's like very heavy 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 drums on that that's mixed very heavily too yeah it's got that sort of echoey kind of thing happening that really you know yeah phil Spector uh, on that one yeah yeah it really uh, makes that one uh, sound terrific. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's hard to play that and, you know, make it sound good with that effect. Mm-hmm. You know, you could really get it too sloppy, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. But he, he keeps <laughs> he keeps it real clean. Whoa, that's a, that's a great, uh, such a great, 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 great album. <laughs> it um, is. And it also has my favorite Ringo song, oh. drumming wise, on it. I can't not play my favorite Ringo song, which is him playing on God. God is a concept by which we measure our pain. Yeah. Each time the piano, Billy Preston, they, he plays that same lick. Ringo does something different, and it's it's it keeps you really listening because each time the bum 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 bum, each time is different. Yeah, and it really felt to me listening to it like a, uh, every time for him an emotional response off of the the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. You know, Hitler was sort of like a more of a tit 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 rat to tat and uh mm-hmm. you know just it moves me every time i can't i can't get enough of that song i could listen to it a million times oh yeah 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 so yeah and if you if you like ringo's drumming on john lennon plastic ono band and you're really an adventurous listener then i might recommend yoko ono plastic oh. ono band which has the same group on it and yeah uh a little bit different sort of experience but uh <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. You'll hear it. Ringo, it's probably it's emotional. The, it's emotional. Sure. Yeah. It's probably the loosest Ringo ever got. Like the most free form and improvisational sounding loose kind of playing that he did. So it's interesting for that. If you can get past the vocal performances. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, before we go on to your last pick here, I, d- I just wanted to say, you know, I think there, I could, I could, and we were talking about his solo career, is I could for, have foreseen a path where he was a guy who did mostly this, but maybe the albums were still called Ringo Starr, but maybe he was more like Jeff Beck or like uh, Mike Watt, the bass player, who has albums that he puts out but he's it mostly features how great he is at drums oh yeah yeah (laughs) instead of you know sort of lame covers of old-timey songs you know yeah or remakes of his own songs right right which is yeah that's kind of a an important point because in interviews he often says oh i like being in a band you know i like being part of a band and i like playing with people and I, I don't know if he always feels very comfortable being the lead guy, and so it is almost better. Like yeah, you, you know, to highlight his playing might be a better way to do it. Yeah, you know what he should do right now is form a super band along with Todd Rudgren <laughs> and and uh, Niels Lofgren. And actually, I hear on his upcoming album that's the big news. By the way, we're bearing yep. the lead. Yeah. <laughs> really bearing the lead towards the end of the show. But the big news is he's got an album coming out in two thousand the album's done, yep. he says. It's uh, mixed. It's yeah. Mixed and coming out in two thousand fifteen and we'll see you on the road. Yep. So um and I think Todd Rungren has a role in that and maybe we'll probably get a little Joe Walsh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All the old <laughs> favorites here. So the all star yeah. band, yeah. All right, you're a final so, pick. My final pick is an obvious one because it's the one that Ringo says is his favorite best drumming performance ever. Uh, it also, and this is a, a first in the I've Got a Beatles podcast annals here. I don't think I've ever admitted what my favorite song, favorite Beatles song of all time is, but I'm going to say it now. And I'm okay. going to come out and say here that it is Rain. And uh, it's, it's, to me, a magnificent performance from all four of them, and throw in George Martin too. So let's hear some of my favorite song, Rain.
Wow. Rain, Dave's favorite song. Yep. And Ringo's probably his, well, his self-proclaimed best drum performance in his career. Yeah. And it, there's a couple of points where it almost feels like he's going to drop the time. You're going to lose lose the beat, but he miraculously gets right back on and keeps it going. Well, there are several of these songs. Uh, that one, I, I, it reminds me a little bit, too, too, of It's All Too Much. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where it, the song's kind of a more free-form thing that could go off the rails, and he just keeps it just... <laughs> on the edge. You know, yeah. On the edge. <laughs> uh, uh, it keeps it loose enough. Strawberry yeah. Fields a little, too, you know. That's, right. You know that's a great performance of his. We could we could go we could go on with this episode for all day and all night long. Oh, I yeah. think and play dozens of examples of great Ringo stuff. And I, I challenge you to dig in, you listener, to <laughs> dig into uh, some Ringo. I, I can't get enough of Ringo playing drums. Yep, <laughs> that's why I'm a beat. Yep. And not exactly the only reason, but you know, any of us who say we're a Beatles fan, but eh, on Ringo. Yeah, fooling. It doesn't work. You're fooling yourselves. That's right. That's right. So I thought we'd uh, end the episode. And if I the... be- before you before yeah. you close out here, okay, uh, I want to wish Elvis Presley a happy 80th birthday because today we're recording it uh, or rec- we're recording today on Elvis's what would have been his 80th birthday, and of course Elvis was a a big influence on the Beatles and. They learned a lot from listening to Elvis and his band, including the drummer and guitar player and uh, getting, getting different things from them. So I'm sure Ringo was very much into Elvis's drummer uh, yeah. at the time, too. So I'll say one other last thing, which is I've been reading very slowly. The first of three books uh, by Mark Lewison, and there's... A lot of, I mean, it really goes in depth about all the kind of struggles Ringo had when he was a youth. And the yeah. fact that he's come out of that and made a great long, long, long career for himself yeah. is pretty amazing. I'm sure at some point we'll have a sort episode that's sort of opposite about of this episode about his acting career. But well. that's, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Yes. Um, so, but this is a, this is a totally... Uh, we love Ringo. Positive. Yes. Positive. So what better way to go out than with just a few words from Ringo himself. You two update he put up on December 21st. And this is just how he ends the update, of course. And that's how we'll end our episode. We'll see you next time. Peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. Don't forget. Peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs>